This is Bounce Up, a series on mental wellness and resilience in collaboration with the University of Pretoria's Student Counseling Unit. The content that we are about to discuss might upset sensitive listeners. The topics involve suicide and self-harm. Listener discretion is advised. FM 107.2, this is Bounce Up, where Tux FM and the Student Counseling Unit join forces to discuss topics around mental health and wellness. And today we're going to be discussing self-harm and suicide prevention. And Bukang and myself are not alone. We have Dr. K, who is the head of the Student Counseling Unit here at um, Tux. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for, for having us again. And also joining us is senior counseling psychologist, Ms. Rukeya Sadat. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So I want to know if possible you can help explain and tell us the difference between self-harm and suicidal thoughts and how these two are perhaps related and connected. Yeah, thanks guys. It's a bit of a heavy topic today and mm. I know we try to keep it um, a bit bouncy here on <laughs> Bounce Up, but I think this is something that we can discuss because people struggle with this and really the answer is very easy the difference between suicidal ideation and self-harm is the intent it really is about what the end result is aiming for where suicidal ideation is usually um, you know a wish to end a life uh, self-harm is often seen as a negative coping mechanism to get rid of the distress, to avoid suicide, in fact. So a lot of the time people link the two, but they, they're not often linked. They, the, the intent is completely different. Sometimes it happens, unfortunately, that a, a, a self-harm um, attempt will end tragically, but that's not always the case. Self-harm has to do with a coping mechanism to get rid of distress to avoid suicide where suicidal ideation is part of a very big picture of symptoms that has to do with possibly a mental condition or uh, someone wanting to end their life. Mm. That's wild. And I want to know with that, in your experience with dealing with maybe um, clients who have gone through this, what are the most or some um, reasons people actually engage in self-harm? That's a really great question because I think a lot of people don't understand <clears throat> sorry, they don't understand why people may self-harm and they find it so strange, you know. So I think, you know, sometimes people will engage in self-harm to cope or reduce overwhelming emotions, right? Sometimes they'll, they'll engage in self-harm to want to change the emotional pain into a physical kind of pain. Sometimes they'll engage in self-harm to stop feeling numb or disconnected or dissociated. Sometimes they'll engage in self-harm to escape traumatic memories. Um, also to give them a sense of being in control. Sometimes it's a way of dealing with intrusive thoughts. And sometimes it's also a way of punishing themselves mm -hmm. for something. That, that mm -hmm. often happens mm -hmm. where people feel very guilty. And it's a funny, it's a funny link um, that... Sometimes people want this emotional relief, you know, this mental relief, um, but it's often followed by shame and guilt because they realize what is, you know, I don't, I don't want to deal with my issues like this. And then, of course, they feel this guilt, but the only way then to get away from the extreme guilt 
is to engage in self-harm mm. that will make them feel a relief of that guilt. So it's kind of like a bit of a cycle mm-hmm. for some people. And, and that can really be, I think the main thing that people must take from this is that it's like putting a plaster on a headache. You're dealing with mm. something. You, I, we can see that you're trying to deal but you're not dealing with it in the correct way. Mm. And, and that is really what it's all about with self-harm. You're trying to deal with emotions in a way that is not working. Yeah. Now we spoke about like reasons why someone may self-harm. May you perhaps, can you give us examples um, of self-harm? Yeah, there's lots of different examples. I mean, we have clients, uh, we have lots of students who engage sometimes in cutting, or hitting themselves or hitting a wall, overeating, undereating misusing alcohol, misusing prescription or recreational drugs. So there's lots of different things, you know. And I think the ultimate takeaway here is, and I think this is very important, is that it's an unhealthy or ineffective coping mechanism. Because we don't want to send the message out there that this is a way that we want people to cope. It's an ineffective and unhealthy coping mechanism, and we are there to assist people to develop more effective, more healthier mm-hmm. coping mechanisms. Can I ask, with uh, things like self-harm, and of course in the day and age where media is also being used, a personal experience I, I can share is I actually started cutting uh, a while ago in high school. Uh, and what I realized was, also with some mates that I found out who actually had, had the similar experience, and they were in their self-harm ways of doing things. What I realized is a lot of us, we got these methods from television or from the internet and it was either with the show passing by or a video that we came across and then we thought maybe it would help us so i want to know like what role does maybe the the media we consume play with us maybe trying these things out no i think it definitely plays a role because um you know it it makes for far better sales as opposed to put something controversial like that out there you know, if the, if people were making movies about how to effectively manage your emotions, it would not be so exciting for people to see, possibly. And mm. that is just horrible and tragic. Uh, but that is not a guide to live your life by. Social media and movies and all of that is definitely no way to go when it comes to mental and um, emotional health. So I would say um, it's just sad if, if people don't have alternative ways of following examples that work, you know. But um, those type of things should come with a disclaimer that that those are not effective ways of managing emotions. Um, I know a lot of people who view suicide as a selfish act and, like, if somebody's suicidal, they may judge that person and um, just not understand why that person may be feeling suicidal because they may have everything that they have in life, a happy family, the best phone, clothes, etc., etc. So could you possibly explain some possible reasons why people may experience suicidal thoughts? Yeah, I think that the main reason is that suicidal thoughts are part of a bigger mental disorder. So if you are acutely depressed and you suffer from clinical depression, that is one of the symptoms that often um, appear. And I think that, you know, sometimes people can also even be more ill than that you know some psychotic illnesses or um, some people are are impulsive especially once you uh, throw alcohol into the mix you know and then you feel very down as well and that has a very high correlation unfortunately if alcohol and and depression 
is together. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there are people that is trying to reach out and, and, and try to get to help with this behavior, suicidal behavior. And uh, unfortunately, some people, you know, then go ahead, do something, and then it ends up being effective. And, and that is just a, a massive tragedy. So I think that um, suicidal behavior is part of a very big picture uh, of mental illness and mental conditions. Yeah. Um, so what advice do you have for friends, um, family members who have those close to them who are struggling with self-harm and suicidal thoughts? Jodel, before we go there, I just want to say something really important, just to add to what Dr. K was saying just now, in terms of the main reasons why people have suicidal thoughts. I think, you know, it, it, it should be seen as my mental health is declining, and I need to do something about it. Mm-hmm. That's how I explain it to clients. I always ask. I always say, have you had any suicidal thoughts recently or in the past? And if they say yes, I'll help them understand that there's a lot that we can do to help you. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. So the other thing that we find quite often is that sometimes people will not necessarily have a mental health problem or a mental illness, but they will have suicidal thoughts. And there are those cases where that happens. It, the person could be really overwhelmed, dealing with a lot of distress. Maybe there was a relationship breakup. Maybe they failed an important test. And in that moment, they're so overwhelmed by the emotions that they're not thinking rationally, logically, realistically. That that I almost want to say that prefrontal or the frontal cortex of their brain, which helps us to think logically, rationally, literally disengages and that limbic part of our brain which is the emotional brain is engaged when when that is engaged you cannot think logically realistically Mm. rationally so it's very important to not take any permanent action when you're in that state Mm. rather do something to calm yourself down talk to a friend talk to a family member listen to some music do anything to calm yourself down do a box breathing technique go for a walk do not take action when you're in that state because you will regret it. Wow. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. And of course, right now we have a voice note. So let's listen to it and see what they have to say. With regards to self-harm and suicide prevention, what would you say is the best way to go about helping somebody you may know of that is considering committing suicide or does self-harm? Yeah, thanks for that um, voice note. That's quite interesting. I think I'm going to mention one or two things that I think is a bit strange, maybe, but um, something that I think we should learn. Rukaya spoke about we are so reactive often. We just want to solve something or we just want to express how we feel immediately or we just want to make sure that it doesn't happen again. So just observing your emotions and not reacting can sometimes be such a valuable skill And then to start actually naming and owning those emotions. I'm feeling so overwhelmed. I'm really feeling that this problem is too much for me. You know, managing that painful emotion internally. You can even journal uh, those emotions. You can try to uh, walk them out and try and figure them out in your mind. But that whole idea of trying to manage the negative emotion is such an important skill. I don't know, Rukaya, do you want to add to that? Maybe? Yeah, what I'd also like to add is, like you said in the beginning, connect with people that are important to you, your support system, your friends, your family. 
reach out, speak to them. Sometimes we 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 in denial of the problem that we're experiencing, so we don't acknowledge that we have depression or anxiety or wh- whatever it may be. So just speaking to someone who you know who will just be there to listen, they won't judge you. They will just listen. So important because in talking to them, you're going to actually get a little bit more. I want to say acceptance of the problem. And you'll also be able to talk about what are ways forward that we can do to uh, or that we can follow to address the problem. And I want to say that if you're in the moment, you know, if self-harm is an issue in the moment, you have to almost have a little emergency plan where you can uh, know what to do, you know, distract yourself, go for that run or that walk or that uh, cold shower or that uh, other activity or the friend to call and then start problem solving the issue. Thank you so much for coming through, Dr. K and Ms. Rikay Sadat, and helping us with this heavy topic. And we hope that you out there listening really did get something from this um, episode today. My name is Ben Bokang Gianni, and I've been with the lovely Jodel. I just want to ask if uh, maybe you can just share a helpline, maybe a listener's listening and they would like to reach out. What is the number that they can use? Thanks so much for that, Jodel. That's really important. We have so many students contacting the helpline. It's 0800-747-747. It's available anytime, day or night. And you can also contact us, the Student Counseling Unit, at studentcounseling at up.ac.za. And one final, final message out there for everyone listening is that there's so much that we can do to help you. Anybody can experience depression or anxiety or even suicidal ideation. Nobody is immune from mental health difficulties. Remember, you're not alone. Reach out for help. We got you. Remember, if you really need help, you can still reach out. The helpline is 0800-747-747. Again, it's 0800-747-747. And don't forget that your feelings are valid.